Welcome to AnthroTalking, a podcast series from Stockholm University's Anthropology Department. Hello everyone. This episode of AnthroTalking is a little bit different. As you might know, this podcast is run by master students of social anthropology. Sadly, we can't provide you with enlightened chats with established anthropologists this week, because we are busy doing our own projects for our master theses. So we decided to grant you an insight into our respective research fields instead. We'll take you on a journey to the tastes and smells of cheese in the Swedish archipelago, to suspiciously friendly job agents in Slovakia, to the light-hearted everyday in a village in Turkey that will soon be swallowed by an artificial lake, and to a standard office workplace, which is also a hotbed of satirical journalism. Doing fieldwork can be both exciting and dull, inspiring and exhausting, an emotional roller coaster. In this episode, we share our initial thoughts and experiences with you. We hope you will enjoy this. Hi, my name is Kelsey and I am doing my research on cheese making. Okay, this is me leaving the house for the first day of field work. It is exactly seven o'clock. And yeah, now I'm gonna walk to the bus to take the bus to Vaxholm. So what you just heard there were some sound recordings that I made on my way to the cheese maker on my first day of fieldwork. It takes a little while to get there <laughs> and it involves multiple forms of transport, a bus and then a ferry. Not not a big ferry, just this car ferry that goes back and forth between Vaxholm and Rind, Rindö. Um, and then another bus. So three three different forms of transport. Um, yeah, so that's how I get there. Uh, so for this podcast, we are doing kind of a mini audio diary 
or mini field diary on our first impressions of fieldwork. So I thought that I would break it down into four first impressions of fieldwork. So here we go. <laughs> My first impression that I'm going to talk about is how involved I get to be in the cheese making process because for example when I arrived on the first day I got changed into my cheese making outfit which Anna told me to bring with me um, and Anna is the lady who I'm doing the research with and basically the cheese outfit is just a clean pair of clothes and then a cap so that I can tuck my hair under there and make sure that no hair escapes and gets into somewhere it shouldn't be. So on the first day I got changed and joined Anna in the dairy and she just explains things to me as we go along with the idea that because I'm going to be with her for about a month or so that by the end I should I should get a good idea of everything. But the thing is it's not just say the being there and watching Anna do the cheese making but she also lets me join in with the cheese making. So on the first day, we made halloumi. And Anna kind of showed me how to scoop the curd into um, a muslin cloth and twist this round to drain away some of the whey. And then she just said to me, OK, right, now now you try. So that would be my first reflection of fieldwork, how hands-on it is. Um, yeah. So the actual getting to make cheese is pretty fun. And then, right, my second impression of fieldwork is how tiring it is. I was so tired <laughs> for the first few days. Yeah, that could, that could be for a number of reasons. One, I'm not quite used to getting up as early as I need to to get there, you know, for you know, for when Anna starts making the cheese. And then also because it's loads of new information. So second impression, it's tiring, at least at the very beginning. Fieldwork is tiring. Fieldwork impression number three would be, yeah, when I got home on my first day of fieldwork, I felt like I had this hypersensitivity to dairy products because I got home and I was super hungry so I quickly just got a cracker and put some butter on it and when I bit into the cracker it was like I'd never tasted butter so strongly I was like wow <laughs> oh my goodness it tasted super strong um so you know how say Spider-Man goes on his school trip and he comes home after being bitten by a spider with this like spider power. I returned from the cheese dairy with this really cool superpower to be extra sensitive to dairy products, um, which, you know, isn't as useful as spider powers. Yeah, but basically when I got home, <laughs> avoiding all spider-man analogies I felt like I had the smell of um, the dairy all over my skin and in my nostrils and even tasting dairy products they just tasted extra strong 
So I guess that kind of sensory aspect of being in, in a new place and making cheese, you know, <laughs> it came home with me. Okay, so number three would be the sensory aspect of research. And number four, um, I'm going to say the experience of doing fieldwork in a different language, because apart from a very brief bit of fieldwork that we did for another methods class, I've only ever done field research in English. But um, with Anna, me and her speak Swedish. So doing fieldwork in a different language is a very new experience, especially because there's so much new vocabulary to learn. And I'm not, you know, super fluent in Swedish. So, yeah, number four, the challenge of doing fieldwork in a different language. So those were my four first impressions of fieldwork. And I'll leave you with one last sound from my fieldwork. Okay, bye. Hello or Ahoy! My name is Eva Maria Walter and today was my first day in the field. My field is located in Prešov, which is a small town in eastern Slovakia. So I spent the last few days traveling. As you just heard, I took the plane from Stockholm to Prague, where I spent a wonderful day with my friends there. And then I took the night bus and arrived in Prešov at 5.30 in the morning. So there I was standing in the dark in a strange town. It was colder than in Stockholm actually. And that's how this adventure started. Luckily my new landlady picked me up with my big suitcase and brought me to my new home. And it seems as if I am supposed to have a particularly typical anthropological experience because the first thing that happened to me in the field was that I got sick. I caught a quite nasty cold and I've been sneezing and coughing all day. But no time to get distracted, so I decided to ignore this and get started with the fieldwork. Prešov is famous for its picturesque old town with its splendid baroque and neoclassical facades. But if you take the bus from the suburb I live in to the city centre, you pass a lot of grey socialist prefabricated estates and run-down huts with for sale signposts in front of them. 
You can also see a lot of election campaign posters for the elections this upcoming March. They stole three billions from us. We could eat for free a whole year, says one of them. Many Slovaks, especially those in their 20s, are deeply disenchanted by politics. Recurring corruption scandals are one reason for this. The other one is the chronically high rate of unemployment. In Prussia, it's at 15%, more than twice as high as in the country's capital, Bratislava. The minimum wage is at 389 euros. So this is a rough sketch of the social context my field is situated in. My field is a job agency that recruits Slovaks, mainly women, and places them into German families where their workers live in elderly care workers. So they are in charge of everything from the selection of potential candidates to canvassing of German clients. And I'm interested in how this transnational job market is structured and what kind of role these agencies play, how they match care workers and families and how they mediate the expectations of Slovak employees and customers. So when I first arrived in the office, I was very excited and a little nervous, but that changed quickly because the staff was receiving me in such a friendly way. The boss even greeted me with a hug. She told me that I could ask them whatever I wanted and that I didn't even have to work for them and could concentrate entirely on my research. On second thought, that might become problematic too because a regular task or responsibility would make my presence there seem a lot more natural and less awkward maybe. But I was really surprised by this warm welcome because it was so difficult to gain access to that field in the first place. I contacted dozens of agencies and few actually replied and only two agreed to take me in. That might be because there are actors on that market who don't operate 100% legally and uh, might have an interest in not having their practices exposed to the public. So I expected having a very hard time negotiating access to uh, different aspects of the work and uh, being very careful about gaining relevant information without touching about too sensitive issues. That's probably always the case when doing fieldwork in organizations. But so far this doesn't seem to be a very big issue here. Of course, I sense that I should also be careful as to what they expect from me in return for this openness. Might be they want to showcase their integrity and professionalism, and I have to be careful not to become some kind of marketing tool of theirs. My first day at work wasn't very long though, because the team had a meeting in the afternoon, which I was not allowed to attend in the end. So there are limits to this open access. I used the time to take a look around town and buy some medicine. Now I'm back home and I'm quite exhausted from communicating in Slovak and German and taking notes in English at the same time. 
and my landlady just came in and brought me a tea against my coughing. So I feel already quite at home and I think I've had a good start off all in all.
Hey, or merhaba, my name is Malla, uh, those were some sounds from my first day here in uh, in my field in Hasan Cave in southeastern Turkey, where I'm going to do field work for the next two months. Uh, I came here today by a minibus from the city of Batman, uh, and then I spent the day basically just walking around with a friend called Bilal, who showed me around. I got myself a room. In a restaurant that is in a building that normally was a family's home. And the restaurant plays music all the time. And uh, I can hear it in my room too. So I recorded some of the songs that they play today. And especially the religious song seems to be super popular because they played it on repeat today. And then I also recorded the Ezan, the call to the prayer. The mosque is right next to where I stay, so I can hear the Ezan pretty well. Actually, very, very well. Um, then we also went for a small hike on the mountains close by, and we also visited the tomb of a sheikh, and uh, there I recorded Bilal saying a prayer. What else did we do? Yeah, we walked around, talked with uh, some people, we met on the streets and uh, in the evening we watched the elections on TV in a kahvehane, which is a place where men sit and drink tea and chat with each other and uh, watch the TV. 
play some games and so on. So we were there and uh, yeah, it was exciting to watch the elections and uh, and to talk with the people there about the, the elections. But it was really peaceful here, even if it was the election day, nothing special happened. And uh, yeah, there have been some uh, protests in the cities close to here, but yeah, nothing happened here. So um, life here seems to go on normally. That's my first impression that even if Hassan Cave is going to be covered by the Lusso Dam, people are still living here. It does give a kind of a creepy feeling to think that where I now stand will be something like 30 meters underwater someday soon. So during the next two months, I'm going to try to make sense of what's happening to this town. And uh, well, you can wish me luck and I thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this audio diary from my first day in Hassan Cave. Bye bye. It's the prep work that kills you. Everybody in social sciences has a fieldwork story. There are tales of tropical diseases and skeptical informants. But usually, any fieldwork problem solves itself in the long run and the anthropologist comes back with new friends and a good story. But the first days, they're usually a nightmare. And not that fun of a story either. Add to that the fact that my current project is half urban anthropology, half digital anthropology, and overall centered around writing on the internet. And you have the very image of a dull story. My undergrad project was deep in the Cameroonian bush, and upon return I had plenty of my own veranda anthropologist stories of heat, bedbugs, exotic foods, and sacrifices for the good of science. But my current project is in my native Romania, observing and chatting with people who write funny things online. So, spending my days in an office full of loudly clicking keyboards, and discussing the finer points of cynicism with experts in the field, that doesn't really make for a great dinner-time story, or indeed a good anthropological vignette. Nor does painstakingly negotiating my way in, or pushing the time frame one day at a time, explaining to busy people why just a couple of days in the office aren't enough to make this viable research. But that doesn't mean it's really easy. Chatting with people over beers in a pub Endlessly messaging on the internet with no confirmation or hope to get an answer back. Figuring out the proper kebab place to take my gatekeeper so that I don't seem the posh guy coming back from the west nor some rube with no idea what a good kebab is. Well, this is all frankly exhausting. Right now, it seems more exhausting than any 10-hour drive in a crowded Cameroonian bush taxi. Though my past self might disagree on that one. So... It is in those first few days that you start thinking and obsessing. Nobody will want to read this, right? People want to read about border crossings and exploitation of their fellow man and about selling crack on the streets of El Barrio. Even global production chains would be more interesting than this right now. But the anthropology of humor? What were you thinking? Is it any wonder that the urban modern anthropologist has often to replace 
the so-called savage slot with the victim one, that we're orienting ourselves from the far exotic towards the near exotic. Dealing with dull aspects of society is, after all, more of a job for a sociologist, isn't it? But then, one by one, the pieces start falling into place, and you realize this is what it takes to do fieldwork. To paraphrase a famous saying, it is long stretches of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer insight, followed by re-evaluations of those moments of sheer insight, followed by realizations that the most important data actually came out of the so-called boring stretches, followed by endless, endless, endless writing. But those first few days with the awkward conversations with strangers that you'll soon get to know well, those days when the project hinges on people accepting you, when you get lost on your way to interviews and forget to bring an extra battery for your dictaphone, those days of terrifying, terrifying, dull, exhausting prep work, those are the days that will kill you. Thank you for listening to Anthrotalking. You can find more of our podcasts at socant.su.se. Follow us on Twitter at Anthrotalking or email us at anthrotalking at gmail.com.